0: Welcome to the first episode ever of our Lost Boys Studios Sweatbox podcast, where we talk about visual effects with a lot of different people, whether it's our alumni, or whether it's an industry professional, or even one of our in-house staff members. But today, we have a special guest. We're going to start out with my friend, Elmo, who started out as a student at Lost Boys and eventually became actually a composing teaching assistant to now a junior compositor at sony image works so that is a lot on his (laughs) resume already and that that's a lot of things that we can cover already so how have you been elmo
1: i've been good i'm a special guest now i feel special (laughs) (laughs) i mean you've been been in the
0: studio a lot obviously you've been with us Mm -hmm. for about like two years before heading on out Mm -hmm. into the industry and i just want to like catch up with you like how has the pandemic treated you and how has the industry treated you so far
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big question. Well, <laughs> it's pretty loaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where do we start with this one? Mm-hmm. I feel like the pandemic, when it hit, it was... Like, it was hardest when it hit uh, at first. Mm-hmm. Like, the first few months were just very, very hard to kind of adapt to, like, a very different situation. And, exactly. Like, before the pandemic, I actually had this thing mm-hmm. where... I actively, like, separated completely uh, my home life from work. Oh, wow. And, and, like, I I would do this thing where as soon as I walk into my door, I'm not allowed to think about anything work-related. I
0: think that's like, and a, then
1: the pandemic that's, hit.
0: That's, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, that sounds like a really good exercise, but then like the pandemic kind of like enforced it more. Like, yeah, you can't do any of the other stuff that you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> it just locks you out, but and you have
1: to retrain your brain exactly. too. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: so, like, was it like strictly really stressful when the pandemic started? Like, you were so like a little background. You know, you started at our school, and the pandemic hit uh, halfway yeah. through your term. So was there like how did you feel about like finding a job after this?
1: Uh finding a job was was indeed like a very big unknown. Mm. I wouldn't say it was stressful. That's not how I would describe it, I think. Um especially like for the first period, it was more so just difficult um to adapt and difficult to like uh make anything like move forward or like I have ideas in my head but I can't like as soon as I try to implement them Mm -hmm. like there's this block I have to like overcome but then with like applying to work Mm -hmm. um that took a while and there was a like a good bit there where everything was shut down and like you get no responses at all mm-hmm. so it was kind of like uh, like out of your hand in a way right that is just a big unknown
0: yeah and i feel like everyone kind of mm-hmm. felt that right because it's the first time we were limited in a way that wasn't our own self it was more like the world mm-hmm. was limiting you which is kind of like against the typical the world is your oyster like you know praise. yeah but like the world is not your oyster today man like you're gonna be stuck <laughs> out there for a while but i Yo. mean look at you now you not only got a job lined up as a compositing teaching assistant right after your time at lost boys you immediately went on to work at sony and i hear that you worked on a various different shows and i'd love to like hear more about it
1: yeah 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 and so i was fortunate to get like a chance to help out with the like following cohorts a a little bit with teaching assistant Mm -hmm. Uh, that that was something I wasn't like (laughs) uh, I didn't think would would happen that soon because I definitely like thought about and wanted to do like teaching and and mentorship in general Mm -hmm. has been something that I, I see as very fulfilling and I see as something that's Mm-hmm. Like, that I just definitely see in my future kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to, uh, like, assist with that a little bit. Uh, and it was, like, very, very, like, casual. It was very, yeah. um, like, it wasn't like I was all of a sudden giving them the lectures of, mm, like, yeah. the big concepts or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, yeah, so I got to do that for, for a few months and then... Then I got uh like uh, Sony reached back uh with an offer. Hmm. And yeah, I started with Falcon and the Winter Soldier Oof. as my that was first a good project. TV show. That was yeah. Really... yeah. And then Spider Man oh,
0: all of it, all of it. But, like, <laughs> I just gotta say, man, like was it exciting to work on like a Marvel movie?
1: So Spider Man the excitement of Spider Man is is just like out of this world. Like yeah. I it's when I, when I grew up with Spider Man being a very mm-hmm. big constant in my life. Yeah. Um like games mm-hmm. and movies and everything just like Spider Man was there in, in yeah. all aspects mm-hmm. of my life growing up. So it was a character that I could like lose myself in and mm-hmm. like um kind of explore a very like intricate perspective in the superhero world um and just like live through it, mm-hmm. so that was spider man for me N- no other superhero did that, yeah um so when i f- when I first heard about it was um. It was the end of January, yeah. Um, and my contract was about to end, and I heard nothing back of like, "Oh, how am I doing? Yeah. Do they like me?" Is <laughs> no is feedback.
0: This...
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they were kind of holding off on the feedback to mm-hmm. like a meeting, basically where they catch you up and like detail you, like you did this well, you could improve on this. So that was amazing that they did that because not a lot of studios do that. But mm-hmm. up until that, yeah. <laughs> I had no clue right. What, right. what was going on. So when they reached out to me, um, I had to kind of like sit there for like a mm. solid 10, 15 yeah. minutes process. Okay. So <laughs> they're they're happy. Yeah. They want me to come again yeah. and the version of me coming again yeah. is working on spider-man oh. which all of those three things i yeah. didn't like five minutes prior to that yeah i was like am i even gonna have like a job after this?" <laughs> and are people actually gonna respond because like all i knew through like the application process mm-hmm. was oh no one responds and i got like so need to to respond, but that was one out of like all the applications mm-hmm. that I sent. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it like it <laughs> it kind of set in, and I actually started recording like like a personal thing, like on yeah. a Maybe on a recorder, like,
0: like a process of what like your experience with this.
1: My experience, basically, because <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah. Um. But it's also something that i can't talk about with exactly. anyone. i
0: mean like you got to talk to somebody about like one of the biggest probably like one of the most iconic moments of your life too right because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a monumental moment where you have been looking up towards a, a character i mean at, yeah. we're both the same age we both understand how important uh spider-man was growing up like he was mm-hmm. an iconic superhero and yeah. i felt as though while watching this movie I was like, this is pretty much a love letter to us, mm-hmm. like, you know, people who have grown up with this and maybe even like upper millennials and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. this movie, again, I don't want to spoil it for some people who might, you know, <laughs> listen to this podcast, but it was just an incredible moment to see it all come together. And mm-hmm. it was even more so moving for me because on the list of the, you know, uh, the, you know, the role, um, of how many well i'm blanking on what the word word is the the credits
1: or the credits yes i don't know why yeah. i was blanking on that but <laughs> seeing in the
0: credits all the people from who uh studied at lost boys your name and everyone mm. who worked on it collectively and i could just yeah. feel like you know the emotions of like how all these people worked so hard on this movie and i'm sure put like a stake in it because it was their superhero though the one that they mm. loved the most and yeah you know, yeah. like I mean, again, like, I completely understand why you would do, you know, you have to talk to somebody. Who else would you talk to other than yourself? (laughs) Like, you would do a (laughs) a little recording like that. But yeah, I
1: basically treated the recorder as if okay my my best friend is right next to me yeah. right now and i'm just like excitedly talking about right all of the things uh like catching him up on yeah. oh do you, do you know what happened this week kind of <laughs> It's a bit goofy and i would love to yeah. listen to the whole thing again yeah <laughs> but i kept it like short segments like mm. 10 minutes here and there and stuff
0: man so yeah. like i gotta ask though like Now that you're in the industry, of course, you've been working on some of these great projects and, you know, a lot of them are like, you know, up for awards or whatever. What has Mm -hmm. been like an icon, like a moment in that you were not expecting when you're working in the industry? Because in Lost Boys, we teach you everything that you really need to. So you must have felt well prepared for everything that you have been trained for. But what is something that came like, you know, on left field that you had no idea and it's something that you had to kind of like adapt to?
1: hmm something i had to adapt to let's see
0: or you're just like Mm -hmm. i'm good with everything because you're trained (laughs) from there you're just like so free
1: flowing. honestly there was a lot of that there was Mm -hmm. a lot of moments that i was like if i if if (laughs) <laughs> if I hadn't sat through this with guns i I don't know how I would be surviving right now, like there are a lot of moments where one of my favorite things is um getting to see other people's processes and how they approach mm-hmm. like compositing in this right. case right. um and the the reason I'm able to do that in the first place with like scripts of people who are way way more senior than me with Mm -hmm. like way more years of experience is like I'm able to dissect down like what what each section is aiming to do Mm -hmm. and then you can see oh they approached it completely differently Mm but because I know the purpose of this and some of the math that goes behind it it makes sense still and it's like oh it clicks and Mm -hmm. so how things click and uh just like being able to actually dissect things and expand uh my understanding of like all these different things is something that i don't know uh would have happened without like the, the foundation yeah. yeah that that was at lost boys yeah i recently um,
0: talked to Gons about this um and basically if if you're the first time hearing this Gons is our compositing uh instructor at our lost boys school in vancouver and mm-hmm. i was talking to him recently and basically what there's like what the thing that we try to teach is the ability to what you just said dissect and to be able to um see the different patterns and different problem solving of a certain shot right so you will have five solutions he'll give you five solutions of how to do this but there is actually a secret six which is your solution right because there's so many different ways you can approach something and it's like you can make a unique one that suits you and that's pretty much uh, a a really important skill as a compositor that you should have is problem solving right and that's a right, lesson right in life in general because you'll come mm-hmm. across a lot of problems and you got to figure out how to solve them and yeah. some people will have different ways of solving it like you just said like you're to see how your seniors do it to see how your colleagues do it but mm-hmm. then there's ways that you do it that they will see and it, it it's just like a way of like constantly evolving you know and i think that's somewhat mm-hmm. like the beauty about you know this art form right because it is necessarily kind of a technical art form right and yeah yeah like in your experience speaking of the art like you know has have your artistic expression still been fulfilled in this position
1: oh yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. um well i i see artistic expression in a very like I I think some people see it in a different way than me, where it's more like they have a vision that they want to fulfill, or they wanna like, um, yeah, I guess like uh, I don't take it as the literal sense mm-hmm. of it as expressing like a creative or like a visual thing that I see. Yeah, it's more. I take the creativity to like a different side, like how uh, a more technical side, a more um, I guess uh, like (laughs) I I get very nerdy about like math and operations and and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot less about the visuals. I just love how (laughs) how
0: you're like I cannot put to words what i'm thinking right now but it makes sense (laughs) in my head but that's the whole thing about artistic expression right that's the thing about art art is so subjective and like how it suits you is gonna be the way it suits you right like there's no other way of seeing it like there's not one way of art and you know it is Mm -hmm. you you and i talked about this a long time ago where like some people um don't see visual effects as an art you know some people think of it Mm -hmm. as more of a technical you know like aspect like there's no such thing as creativity in it but you can't say that because that is subjective art is subjective and how you find creativity inside it how you find your expression in it is going to be different for everybody like even mm-hmm. some positions beyond visual effects like some people deem you know uh, like construction working as an art form because you're creating mm-hmm. something and like architecture has so much the physics behind it you know and there's so much math behind how to uh, properly design a building but there's still the artistic um expression in it because you're creating something beautiful right and oh definitely there's a lot of people who don't understand that there is science in art yeah and there really is <laughs> like even in painting like you got to make sure some like i i was literally watching something the other day and they were just mm-hmm. telling me like again i don't know the exact technical like wording of it but they're saying like the chemicals behind like this sort of paint goes well with this type of other type of um paint chemicals and like they mix Mm -hmm. together and create a different kind of thing that's more like starch and more Mm -hmm. like hard and i'm like and they like create art with that i'm like holy crap (laughs) like you're talking freaking periodic table and i haven't seen that (laughs) since high school like damn it's it's wild and That's why I think I kind of understand where you know you're coming from in terms of this artistic expression. You see it differently. You see it more as a different way.
1: And I also have a way better way of explaining it Mm -hmm. now. Uh, Is like a better way to put it. I think is. Um, I had it in my head, and then it completely (laughs) went away. (laughs) No way. Uh, Okay. Okay. Here it is. So, <laughs> hear me out. Yeah, I'm um, hearing you. Yeah, in 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 compositing. Yeah. um, I think the part that I find um is very fulfilling in my creative expression is the process of actually like problem solving and the mm-hmm. art of problem solving. Mm-hmm. That like, I I think problem solving itself is such such um such a weird part of the job because Mm. it's fulfilling Mm. as soon as you like solve the problem and then the actual like part of problem solving is kind of like hard to get through and stuff Mm. but to me like this entire like section of of Mm. compositing of problem solving is just Extremely rewarding and fulfilling mm. even during like the the problem part of it. Right. While some people might view it as, Oh, I have a creative vision and then the problem is keeping me away from that. Mm. Uh, I'm more seeing it as oh, there's this creative vision and I'm and there are problems in front of me, mm. how can I creatively navigate through these and, yeah. and get to the end result? No, like, so, I think that yeah. makes
0: a lot of sense, right? Because mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of satisfaction from solving something. And mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is is—it's such a good feeling that you not only get a problem in your front of your hands, and it might be daunting at first, but that that feeling of being maybe even overwhelmed by the problem, the fact that you solved it would be a greater sensation of, Reward or sensation of like fulfillment, right? And yeah, I think that comes a lot in visual effects because you are never gonna have the same problem because you're gonna have Mm -hmm. a different shot every single time. Sure, the solution might you know evolve and transition overward, like over to each other because it might Mm -hmm. have similar traits to it. But the problem is always gonna be complex and it's Mm -hmm. almost almost algorithmic, right? Like the the shot that you're gonna get is always gonna be different from what it has been. Uh, given you yeah. in prior right so yeah and yeah. that is speaking of this like what is like the most intent like hard problem that you came across and the the most exciting sensation that you got after solving it
1: um
0: if you can speak about it of course
1: well that that's the tricky part is <laughs> the first example that came to mind is the right. project that i'm currently on All which is
0: right. uh, more
1: of like an nda kind of thing uh, okay. but uh let me give it in more like, like maybe like a previous
0: experience maybe something that you can't speak about like that was the hardest one up until this point
1: well um i think i can still like okay i'll speak of an experience yeah. and it will remain unnamed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so basically i had this shot where i had 2 days Uh, In that week. Mm. Um, And then I was going to go on break. Mm. Um, So I was assigned this shot. And uh, I needed to pump out like a first look. Like a bash together of this shot. Mm. Um, And it was the first shot that I got like so many elements and so many aspects to the shot that needed to get put together. That I actually got like like had to step back and like whoa okay whoa. <laughs> there's a lot going on here mm. and everything is very like uh needs a lot of fine tuning and mm. like there's a lot going on here right. <laughs> that's basically yeah. it. so and i think the closest thing to this from my time at lost boys was the ethereal project where we nice. basically have to like uh do something that's indescribable or like there's no physical Mm -hmm. or like real life version of this exactly uh so with that you have to like be very creative and Mm -hmm. try to like break things and Mm -hmm. and and like discover like what you can do with what you have basically yeah and
0: like just to cut you off just a little yeah yeah. right like that is kind of like the again back to the expression of creativity because a lot of the things like although we say like you know marvel movies like there's a lot of controversy behind superhero movies right but it really taps Mm -hmm. into creativity because like you said there is no real life reference of what's going to happen here and because there's no real life reference you have to be creative you have to figure out what that would look like and Mm -hmm. that is a stake of your um Creative expression. That's your imagination mm-hmm. coming to life. And that is the Ethereal project, right? Because you have we haven't we don't have a reference of what a ghost looks like. We don't know what a ghost actually looks like and we don't even know if they're real. <laughs> and you we don't, don't know what <laughs> Well, I mean hey, I am I'm glad I haven't seen a ghost. <laughs> but like we don't know how Spider Man, you know, would actually like there's so much that goes on, right? Like we don't know yeah, how the suit, yeah, a nano suit that Iron Man went over him in Avengers uh, Endgame, we don't know how that would actually kind of look. But we have to be creative, and the way they did it is mm-hmm. very fluid. Like the the nanobots moved very fluid around his body, so they maybe referenced water, you know, like they referenced yeah. something else. It, it got to be very creative mm-hmm. with that. So mm-hmm. it it must be like so like in amazing to feel that sensation of having to problem solve. So now you just said that you were a little overwhelmed by it and I'm curious Mm -hmm. on how you solved it, you know?
1: So basically just like, um, part of, part of it was that I had to do keying Mm -hmm. for the shot. Right. And the shot was basically like, It was, it had keying problems that I've never dealt with before. I see. Parts of the, like, it had flickering lights. It was a blue screen. Uh Uh-huh. And some of the, like, the lights were different temperatures that flickered. Oh, (laughs) no. And one of them was literally blue. (laughs) Oh, no. Why would they do that?
0: (laughs) Why, why, why?
1: And then, like, there's a ton of markers. It's a full body shot. Um, So like you have to like integrate the shadows and you have to like um like there's just a lot of different problems that like I could I dealt with individually before right. but then you compound them into one, one shot, shot and I'm like, okay <laughs> just, oh <my laughs> and love. that's just the keying aspect of it and then it's like all of the stuff you're adding to the shot and the set extension and like uh, the different uh, elements you get from the CG department and the different elements you get from like the simulations from effects and like just so many different things. Yeah. And there was also elements that I had to add to the shot that like there Oof. was nothing. Like for example, <laughs> there was like this table that I had to add to the shot what? and i have no element of that table <laughs> so i have to go to like this reference uh, plate that they shot on set with a different perspective right. and different everything Jeez. and try to make that work man like th- this so sounds, like, like, this sounds just... like a
0: compound like problem that a lot of compositors probably <laughs> can relate to because you guys are on the end of the pipeline right so like yeah you got everything and then you have to make it work somehow you can send some uh-huh. things back but when you've got a time crunch like you just said about two days you, you, you can't you got to make this first look you got to just do it with what you have and yeah. that that is just like oh man that's that's a whole <laughs> new level of overwhelming almost <laughs> but like again like we're going back to how you solved it right you, you must have mm-hmm. been able to figure something out
1: well i was able to to basically just break it down and take it one thing at a time cuz mm-hmm. it was, it would have been impossible to just try to like do
0: everything at b- once
1: before that point i would like bring everything into the shot mm-hmm. uh, organize it into like uh, basically mm-hmm. uh the order in which it would be in my script mm-hmm. And then start working it, like, from the top to the bottom. Hmm. This one, bringing everything into the script, mm-hmm. w- like, would already make the script, like, oh my, <laughs> how am I going to approach <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. So it was just, like, I, I decided with this one to split it into tasks and kind of, like, take gotcha. it, like, one Once, thing at a time. One at a time. Mm-hmm. And I kept, like, because there were so many aspects of it and I didn't want to, like, miss something or, or anything like that i basically cre- just poured my mind into like a list mm. and then that list exists now so it doesn't yeah. have to exist in my mind <laughs> gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. and you i can put just it focus on, on the individual things
0: you gotta put it down yeah and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that way you got to a conclusion and yeah speaking of this thing right like mm-hmm. it it there's a I recently talked to an individual who's interested in going into Visual Effects and they were curious about this idea of work-life balance because what <clears> you just said, you know, if someone just came in and listened to that it would feel as though, you know, it's just overwhelming. Like it's constantly overwhelming. You're gonna get everything and you're not gonna be able to solve it. Or you're just like What happens if you don't solve it like do you get fired and there's a lot of like uh, mystery behind it and a lot of Mm -hmm. fear and almost anxiousness behind that and Mm -hmm. you know I was curious on like how you would answer the question on like how do you balance work and life and has it really truly been like you know is it that overwhelming like is it truly that overwhelming or is it just like certain moments are because of crunch time or whatever and like what is your experience with that
1: my experience with that is actually pretty positive mm-hmm. um basically the way i see it like from uh, this is speaking from my team and what i know mm-hmm. from like working at uh, imageworks is basically the entire like the entire pipeline is kind of like a team working together. Right. Uh, And uh, it's split into sections of teams working together. Mm. So you end up with a lot of the pressure of the project is Mm. kind of like... Spread out. ...alleviated Mm. because you have so many different people carrying the same weight at the same time. So if you're struggling, if you need a day, like a mental health day, if you uh get sick if you like if something comes up if mm-hmm. if or if like the shot is too overwhelming, mm-hmm. all of the above are very very valid and mm-hmm. very human things that happen yeah. and it's not like it doesn't uh happen at all it like it happens at every single project exactly so uh not not the overwhelmed part but yeah, like it- human. <laughs> human the, the things human that means. happens yeah just like yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I say this to people who ask me about like work-life balance and it, it goes beyond just visual effects it goes for everything and yeah if, if we speak be- specifically about visual effects you are in a team right and yeah. it's, it's your responsibility to not only balance your own life but use and utilize your team together Mm -hmm. because yeah a lot of the overwhelming truly really happens if you put it all on your own shoulders and you don't you don't talk to anybody you just do it by yourself and also if you do not train the idea of balancing your health you know Mm because i know you really like to go rock climbing you like the outdoors and stuff like that so i'm sure Mm -hmm. your work-life balance is like um going out and socializing because you know we Mm -hmm. both love socializing and stuff and for me specifically, like I know that the thing that we train in Lost Boys is that when you come in at nine, we, we have the, you know, a uh, basic work hours schedule for our, you know, classes and stuff like that. So you come in from nine to five and you make, mm-hmm. we make sure everyone leaves at five because we want to make mm-hmm. sure we train in you already the idea to take a break, to take a breath, yep. go socialize, go hang out with your loved ones or whatever you like to do. And come mm-hmm. back because work will always be here. Of course, there's going to be mm-hmm. overtime, but mm-hmm. that is again your responsibility. It's your balancing, mm-hmm. right? And how yeah, how, and how have you exercised
1: that? You know, well, also just to expand on that, yeah. uh, overtime is also in like a, again in my team. It's something that you are kind of offering. Mm. So it's it's like our studio doesn't. Uh, do the oh okay um, you're doing this amount of hours today go mm. um, it's more of let us know if you can put more hours in mm. because at the end of the day you you know the targets like they're very clear about what targets we need to hit they're yep. very clear about uh, what the workload is mm. they're very clear about uh, who's doing what mm. so you know everything you need to know mm-hmm. um and you understand like you can see the speed at which it's getting done so you can be like oh i'm probably gonna need uh like two more hours today Uh three more hours today yeah exactly mm-hmm. so you're like i'd like to request this mm-hmm. and um yeah it, like it's it's Something that's within your hands so if if you feel like you want to balance it differently mm-hmm. uh you can and um as long as you get the the work done, you're fine. Yeah. If you need help getting that work done, you have that mm-hmm. um so getting that balance is something that is an exercise, and it's like an active like set of choices mm-hmm. kind of
0: thing, yeah. And I'm curious then, like, how you, like, you know, how how you exercise your work-life balance then? Like, what have you done? Because you've been working for over a year now in the industry. Like, what have you been implementing? Or what do you, like, what's our tips and tricks that you would like to tell some people who would uh, go into visual effects?
1: Um, I like to, um, one thing I I think is, is, uh, like, is very effective for me is like for context my office Mm -hmm. is also like uh it's one room and it's also where like my couch is where like i i i like have my rest Mm -hmm. resting time Mm -hmm. um just because of like the layout of the house so for me to distinguish between this is my time to rest versus this is my time to work. I do that through lighting. Mm. So I do like, um, a very like neutral bright light mm. when I'm working. And then, uh, as soon as the, I have a timer on it. As soon as the clock hits like a certain time, mm-hmm. the lighting changes mm. to kind of like, right. Note to myself, yeah. okay, it's, like it's time to to relax and unwind and putting putting that like making that a priority like Mm -hmm. um if i want to maintain my energy throughout this whole week Mm -hmm. um i can't just i can't just go crazy in one day and then sacrifice sleep and then wake up the next day and work crazy and then sacrifice sleep like it uh, that just is a good way to burn through all the energy exactly. and then not have it and to be able to do it later this goes back
0: yeah. to the idea that is your responsibility right and you need to know yourself like enough to you know you have to have that timer because if you don't have that timer mm-hmm. you're going to keep going because you know yourself yeah. you're going to keep you're going to get consumed by trying to solve this problem but you really need to know yourself to know that Ah, I need to basically have other things force me out of this because I, I know <laughs> how you are, man. Like I know how I am. Basically, if I'm mm-hmm. consumed by my work, I will go for hours and I will not stop. Yeah,
1: and and you I, get consumed by what you love. Exactly. So like and I know yeah. that's gonna
0: happen. So how do I know to stop myself? Basically, mm-hmm. like, how do I know what do I have to do to force myself out of it? Because it is really important so that's why in my at my job at lawless boys too like every hour i make sure i like go walk around check out the studio and then come back and work again because yep. if i don't do that then i will literally work constantly and it would ruin my health it would like it will make me mm-hmm. more tired than i should be and mm-hmm. you know, burned out and stuff like that so it is really yeah. important for people to understand that it is um the work life balance truly comes down to you. It's your responsibility. Like and mm-hmm. like you said, your work environment encourages you to have work life balance, right? Because overtime is yeah. your choice. We're not like it's like you know you know your limits and you know what you need more to do and you know what you not mm-hmm. to do because you have your target set, and yeah. that, that and that's in really fact nice. when
1: you. When you put a limit to it too, you work more effectively and efficiently Mm -hmm. within that time because you know that that time is limited. Mm. Like, this is the amount of time I have to finish this. right? Uh, As opposed to, oh, I'm just going to work, and then if I need more time, I'm going to work some more, and then if I need more time, I'm going to work some more. Because technically, you could work endlessly and... Never get a shot done because there's always going to be more things to do. Exactly. And uh, that, that's
0: a, such a good, perfect line because that's something we, as you know, as artists need to understand is that we will always be cursed with the idea that it's not perfect. You know, we're yeah. always going to be cursed with the idea that it could be better or something can be fixed. But like, mm-hmm. how have you dealt with that kind of, you know, I don't even know what the word would be. It's not anxiety. It's just more like the perfectionism I guess within us as in like trying to make something as awesome as it possibly can be but the next day we're gonna look at it and be like why the hell did I think that was awesome like <laughs> it, like I, I'm curious on like how you solve that because again everyone has different ways of doing it right uh,
1: well the way I, I I see it is at the end of the day I I, I want to kind of disconnect uh what I see is best for the shot Mm-hmm from what the shot is and the collaborative effort of everyone trying to get this mm-hmm. shot to fit within the movie cuz mm-hmm. at the end of the day I can I can look at it and be like uh, this shot could be way better if we do this mm-hmm. but uh there are a, like a lot of moving parts in that equation mm-hmm. and I'm I can't like uh basically like slow the whole process down and uh completely derail the project and uh cause like more problems than solutions mm. just because i see it like a certain way right. than differently than like the clients or the supervisors or something like gotcha. that gotcha
0: gotcha. because th- this is this art this project right is a collective mm-hmm. vision so yeah. your vision obviously plays a part in it but we're all trying to hit that target. So that being said, that helps with your disconnect, right? That helps with you. Exactly. Seeing this as a different entity from your own. Um, Yeah. Of course you have a part in it, but it's more like cogs in the bigger picture, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like they, I was fortunate enough to have like supervisors that Mm -hmm. give you the opportunity to like explore versions of the shot of, what you think, oh, this idea would be cool. Let me like show them just like a quick version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, if you change something drastically about a shot, it mm-hmm. doesn't just affect that shot. It affects everything. All the other shots in exactly. that sequence yeah. that might be looking at that mm-hmm. thing that you changed. Mm-hmm. Now it has to change in all of them. Right. Uh. So sometimes it becomes like a realistic, uh, an unrealistic thing. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's accepting that it's unrealistic, right? Yeah. Accepting that there is there is a there is a, you know, a goal that has to be set and that we have Mm -hmm. to match that. And it is unrealistic to think of going, you know, sometimes beyond that because it is Mm -hmm. necessarily unattainable, right? Perfectionism is unattainable really in in terms of like because your eyes it's so subjective right you can change, yeah the vision can change every single day and stuff like that and mm, you know yeah. speaking on that though like you know there seems there's a lot of social aspects behind this because you know there, it's a team so you have to communicate with one another it's a huge pipeline and you have to make sure you're on the same page with your team your lead your supervisor and all that mm. and I, you know it's been so long that the the pandemic has been going on for about like two and almost we're going to hit three years next year right and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how has it been for you to work at home and with this social aspect is so imperative in this industry like how has that affected that element and your kind of separation from work since work is at home right now
1: uh it affects it a lot actually Mm. um i think it, it it affected it way more at the beginning, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. and you kind of get used to it um, more and more. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. But the thing about it is, I think a healthy like balance between working from the office and working from home is like has been the ultimate uh version of what I think would be best mm-hmm. because. The thing about working from home is you can, I actually found myself a lot more productive and a Mm. lot more efficient and like happier working Mm. from home in terms of the work aspect of it. But then the social aspect is completely lacking. Um, And even like with meetings where you see people's thumbnails or even when people have their videos on, there's like a big block or disconnect. The human um,
0: connection is not there,
1: really. Yeah, exactly. So that's where, like, going in, like, a day or two uh, or three, uh, like, however many you think would be necessary, mm-hmm. into the office. Mm-hmm. And that way you can have, have that social aspect of mm-hmm. it for a few days. And then the, the other few days you're working from home and kind of, like, working that balance, basically. And I actually was was just talking to a colleague of mine yesterday, about this, and they were talking about how um, working from home mm-hmm. um, g- they got so used to it, but also even when you get used to it, things change, and the things you get used to change mm. um, so like for example, uh, working in silence was like the one of the best things about working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you first get used to it, because, like, mm-hmm. oh, you you can completely focus, no distractions, right. nothing is, is, like, pulling your focus away. And then, uh, more recently, it's, it's, like, oh, maybe I'll have, like, um, like, music in the right. background, maybe something with lyrics I don't understand, or maybe, <laughs> like, a TV show I've seen, yeah. uh, like, before, so I don't need to look at it, I can yeah. just listen to it. Kind of, like bringing some atmosphere yeah, to into the room mm-hmm. to make it more like a, a oh, like this is like a lively thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So it kind mm-hmm. of like moves, it transitions, it, it adapts mm-hmm. like what we get used to basically. Right.
0: And you would like to have like some days at the studio and some days at home, right? Like you want it to be yeah. like a three-day studio, two-day work at home or vice versa or whatever. yeah Because I think it is, I mean, I personally lean towards that, too. I think a lot of people are seeing that nowadays in our current state of our world because there is a lot of flexibility when it comes to doing that. There's your, mm-hmm. your, you can be at home, you can do other things because there's a lot of hours in the day, right? And it, yeah. it, there's a lot of flexibility. You can, create, you can cater your environment to make sure that your work is good and yeah. you are focused sometimes some work environments aren't catered to that because you have different needs right Mm -hmm. but the need that is essential no matter what in a work environment like this i think is socialization right like you said it's Mm -hmm. it's to be able to see someone face to face and be able to dissect something together face to face because there's a different layer of social you know human connection there and a meeting i would i would i hate meetings through like zoom you know like (laughs) it's just like like i would like to sit in the lounge and i would like to look at these shots together without Mm -hmm. like because then that makes it more personable to me than going through zoom seeing people's thumbnails and being like are you even listening to what's happening right now like (laughs) you know there's that aspect and yeah yeah, i i think i i'm on the same page with you on that I, i think a lot of workplaces are gonna be doing that and you think when the pandemic is you know slowly dying down, and we don't know how long this is going to go for, but do you think, you know, your studios or studios that you're going to work for in the future are going to kind of integrate that, like, work from home, like, hybrid? Yeah, I
1: think so. Because, like, the benefits of it cannot be denied. Like, it it, it was very apparent. And the thing is, it wasn't even an option before the pandemic Mm -hmm. hit. Like, working from home, like, carried so much stigma Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. Uh, especially with big studios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now it's just the norm and yeah. it's a norm that works. I think um, that norm
0: is also really nice because there is a lot of people who, you know, this is a global thing, right? And there might be people yeah. that are unable to, you know, move to Vancouver or unable to move to Montreal mm-hmm. and whatever. But because it's mm-hmm. remote work um, and there's always going to be projects, it Allows these studios to have a bit more flexibility on you know their prospects behind who to you know hire as an artist you know
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and it, just because it works for like th- the thing is it's an option mm-hmm. that exists yeah. like it's it's something that um like if you work best in that mm-hmm. mode you can now do that yeah but. Having it not as an option at all, I don't think is is like, the best solution. It can be very limiting. It can be very Yeah, limiting, yeah, yeah. Right? To have yeah, that exactly. flexibility
0: allows for more room and stuff like that. And, you mm-hmm. know, now that we're here at this part about, like, talking about studios and, like, the future and stuff, like, where do you see yourself going? Like, you want to, like, continue, obviously, working in visual effects? Or, and, like, what is your goal? Like, do you want to, like, you know be a lead eventually like a supervisor like where where do you see yourself you know
1: yeah i i, I can see myself being a lead and supervisor that that would be very very mm. like i think fulfilling. you'd be a great, great lead and supervisor oh. right? <laughs> no like i
0: mean like let's be real like you like i think you have all the characteristics of what a studio or whatever would look for in a supervising or lead position because i think it's important for those positions to have the social skills like i think Mm -hmm, as a mm -hmm. leader any manager to be honest like of course you your knowledge in that field is important but your knowledge of your team and your knowledge of social skills is i think imperative to becoming a great leader right and i think Mm -hmm, honestly mm -hmm. like I talk to gods all the time, and we're like, Elma would be a great supervisor, greatly because, no. and like, I don't, think, I don't see you not being that in the next year, to be honest. Like, like, I'm whoa, sure will... whoa, okay, I th- slow I, down. I, hey, listen, like, we have some of our students that became leads in less than a year, man. Like, I just, it's, it's yeah. Connor, like, just became a lead. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably gonna have him as a guest soon, but like, it, yeah. it's
1: just like, Connor's incredible. Yeah,
0: like, and it's just like, if you have the drive and you have the skills that are, like, beyond just compositing or whatever field you're in, you will become a great leader because you have social skills. And to be able to manage that is such a good skill to have when it comes to having a lead, you know? And so, like, you see yourself uh, going towards that direction?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also, like, as I mentioned before, I think mentorship or... Or like, mm, yes, a teaching role in some aspect mm. uh, would be an extremely fulfilling thing for me. Yeah, uh, and that, of course, requires a lot of like a breadth of experience. Exactly. Um, so, like, hopefully, in the future, that'll that'll be a possibility too. In your and yeah, 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 Because
0: yeah, exactly. I think that lines up with visual effects too, in a way, because it you're always learning. You're always Mm -hmm. learning. There's, like, people, like, you know, the classic cliche of modern education is the idea that if you go somewhere, you're going to know everything. You know, like, you go to Mm -hmm. university, you're going to know everything. I'm going to be honest. I went to university. I have no clue what I did. (laughs) Like, I I went to university. I went to the top university (laughs) in Canada, and I came out of it being like, well, I learned some stuff, but... Honestly, I just kind of learned more about myself than I did about what the <laughs> criteria that. That's
1: exactly my experience. Yeah, too. no, I think yeah. I
0: think that's the cliche. Like it, it's yeah. a lot of people go to college to find themselves. I, I don't think they really learn. <laughs> like that's my <laughs> opinion. Obviously, I can be wrong, but mm-hmm. what I found with law sports that's different is that you're being trained for the actual position you're looking to go towards, and mm-hmm. when that is completed you are able to you know expand on that and to know that a job any position to be honest in this world is going to be a learning thing you're always going to be a learner Mm -hmm. so the best thing to teach someone is to be a learner you know like yeah to to like to be the best learner they can be yeah and that Mm -hmm. that is probably why you know you and i both have like kind of the same idea of like really finding fulfillment in mentorship and to Mm -hmm. because To be able to give someone the ability to learn something like of course we're teaching them something but to learn the idea of learning to the idea of problem solving that Mm -hmm. is a life-changing thing like you will Mm -hmm. have that in every aspect of your life it is not just Mm going to be your work you're going to figure out how to do stuff and problem solve beyond the scope of your job position like Mm in your life right so Mm -hmm. it's nice Mm -hmm. to hear that you like it's not just this is this is where I'm gonna stay, right? Because it's like it's fluid. And I think that's something a lot of people need to accept. It's like not the end game, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you are here and you're fulfilled here and you're gonna keep aspiring to go to different positions. But it is not excluding the idea that there's other options out there, you know? Other things that you could
1: do. And it's also very important to mention that like I think a like a big misconception uh is like i need to get to this supervisor position Mm. to be fulfilled or i need to start mentoring to be Mm -hmm. fulfilled Mm -hmm. and i i i i'm i come from the camp of like you can find fulfillment in any situation you're in Mm -hmm. um and i've like growing up in egypt i i've seen some like yeah and i've been in some conditions that like some messed up things very it's very hard to see the silver line yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but the thing is you don't need like past like a certain threshold you don't mm-hmm. really need anything to be fulfilled mm-hmm. um you just need to like have the mentality mm-hmm. that allows you to be fulfilled with like Uh, like what things you do have and right and yeah it's it's kind of like that's so
0: deep man like that is (laughs) that is a quote about life in general in terms of happiness (laughs) right because people have this idea that i need to get somewhere to be happy you know Mm -hmm. and that destination is completely imaginative in your mind like you are imagining what that Mm -hmm. would be like and to be honest expectations setting expectations like that will leave room for mm-hmm. disappointment and mm-hmm. that i think i'm also in the same boat as you but there's a there is a threshold and there's yeah. a point where you need to be able to see what truly makes you happy and if those things are fulfilled then you have mm-hmm. the expression or like the freedom to go beyond right and like mm-hmm. you have a foundation built up of like i'm gonna be happy here no matter what so i'm mm-hmm. gonna go explore i'm gonna go further a little bit well, mm-hmm. rather than I'm not happy here, I'm going to be happy if I get there. And that's a mm-hmm. whole different you know, Pandora's box of problems. Cause, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome, man. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, I know, you know, you can't really talk about what you're doing. But like, where are you? Have you moved on from Sony and on a different project? Or are you still with Sony working on a project right now?
1: So I'm still with Sony's. So, uh, like I'm working on the mm. next project right now. It's gonna wrap up in like uh, maybe two months, mm. like around ten weeks, maybe.
0: Any any, um, any little 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 things you can talk about or no? Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I will go on the safe side and man, say no.
0: I gotta say, but like it must be so hard to not talk about things like that. Is that is just you can only talk about. I, with your coworkers, but you can't even talk to them because they're, you know, work from home sometimes. Exactly. So it's just trust like trust me,
1: it is hard. I can confirm, <laughs> it is hard. Rather than the
0: overwhelming aspect of visual effects at times, this is yeah. probably the most hard thing you're dealing with, <laughs> like not being able to talk to. you. And I'm sure, like with your partner, you like you can't talk to her about it either, yeah. can you? Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just like mind-boggling. I can mm-hmm. never like that. just I, I love talking about things. Uh, but all right hey listen I think we've been talking for about an hour now and this has been a great first episode I'm sure I'm going to have you again maybe when your NDA is closed and we could talk a little (laughs) bit more about your teaser but this is the first episode of the Sweatbox podcast from Lost Boys and I wanted to ask you as a closing thing like what are your some tips that you could give to a new uh, person looking to go into visual effects doesn't have to be a compositing but just like in general about visual effects and what your thoughts are on visual effects as a whole and what you should oh man there's so many questions i want to ask there but oh yeah <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. yeah but i'm gonna do one specific question and it's like a tip that you would like to give someone who is going into visual effects
1: i'll give two yeah. i think uh one of the biggest things that um have helped me uh in visual effects in general is having like a basic understanding of the people i'm dealing with in any position i'm in so not just the other like uh crewmates in that same position but if i'm working with fxtds if i'm working with lighters if i'm working with um like even if 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 i'm thinking about people on set what mm. what, what they're doing like mm. uh, how they're capturing the stuff so that it can benefit me right um and especially uh knowing like the people that come after me uh and how i can do like the the best job i can do right so that they have like the, the best material they can use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, getting to know different disciplines and different people and not necessarily like hone their skills, but more so like see what benefits them, what benefits you, and try to find correlations and things you can overlap right. because that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And my second tip would be Something that I actually started doing like with Spider-Man or on Spider-Man is uh, I got this like one hour timer mm-hmm. that's very visual. So you like you turn this knob and it fills the hour with a color mm-hmm. and then the color slowly like fades as the hour is, is yeah. or like transitions as the hour is is yeah. yeah. It away. yeah. So it's it's a really good way to kind of get a better sense of time as mm. you're working and get a better sense of time as you're doing anything really oh, that's so uh, beautiful
0: like <laughs> it's true that like we do not we forget about time when we get so yeah. involved into something yeah
1: yeah so I, I like for example if i have like a meeting in 45 minutes i know my render will take like maybe 10 minutes to come out mm-hmm. so let me set the timer to 35 minutes mm. and once one uh, and i can like keep glancing at it or have it in my mm-hmm. periphery or something mm-hmm. as to how long i have to finish this right. thing right until i need to render and then uh, like when it's getting close to zero i know okay wrapping up mm-hmm. hit render in time for my meeting in time for everything and like everything worked out gotcha. great so like having that visual mm-hmm. like made a big difference for me so
0: like a, a tool that will help with time management is so fundamental to have uh,
1: Yeah, yeah yeah help with like getting a sense of time passing gotcha yeah mm-hmm. all
0: right well thank you so much this is the first episode of sweatbox podcast i'm going to be trying to do weekly episodes and if you guys have any questions please leave yourself a comment below and if you want to ever reach out to me, I am available everywhere and especially on our website in our About section. Thank you so much, Elmo. I hope to have you again in the future. Thanks for
1: having me. <laughs>